Have you been looking for your keys to success? You have found the best place to start. We will hear from professionals on different keys to success in building huge careers in and outside the mortgage industry. These conversations that each person will share their experience will allow you to hear nuggets on finding your keys to success. I'm your host, Sue Meitner, so let's get started and grab your keys. So welcome to Grab Your Keys. I am super excited today to have Stacia with us. She is a rock star on the West Coast and in Florida. And uh, I can't wait to hear all the great things that you have to talk to our audience about being a rock star mom, being a rock star loan officer, being a rock star branch manager. I have been waiting to get you on this show so that we really could dive deep. You were one of the, you are one of the top 1% of originators in the United States. Just having that title is amazing. Um, how did you get into this mortgage business? Oh, Sue. Well, I'm a, I, you know, I just was a rock star. You are. <laughs> so I'm going to come, I'm going to come talk to you every day. I love it. Rock star. You, make me, <laughs> you just make me happy. Well, I like to hang out with other rock stars like you, my friend. Well, um, thank you. So yeah, I, I, I've had a bad experience buying my first house. And really that was the bottom line. I bought a bad house. I had micromicrobial growth. I had, um, I had a decommission, my driveway caved in, I decommissioned oil thing. My driveway just completely collapsed. Wow. I had a bad loan. Um, the guy is <laughs> such a bad loan officer. It was unreal. And I was really incensed by the whole experience. My family's background is in residential and commercial property management. So I was like, I understand the value of real estate. I was working at Microsoft. And I was like, I'm going to buy more real estate. I want to understand this. Nobody can articulate this to me. It blows my mind. So I left the software world and I came in this business to educate myself. Um, and it really became my career and passion. I was ran a builder joint venture for a few years, uh, was a loan officer for a little bit, and then went back into software because I thought that was really what I was supposed to do. Because I'm you know, going to college and all the things and my background. Um, and then I read a book that changed my life. And I was like, my coach said, you got to go back and be a loan officer. And I was like, you're crazy. <laughs> but I love it. This industry is amazing. And it's um, the biggest blessing. It's super challenging every day. As you know, we, we get to live in a world of constant change and being able to challenge ourselves as humans and being women in this space. We have a lot of challenges. We have a lot of opportunity. And so I love, love, love the mortgage industry sincerely. And you can tell that in everything that you do, you do a lot of coaching, you do a lot of mentoring. You are amazing at the, at that. You can definitely see where your why comes out. How do you feel your Microsoft background and mortgages integrate? How, how do you feel that you really capture the essence of both of those? Because you do it so well. Thank you. Yeah. I, you know, the this industry as i've always said is is we're really antiquated right like we do not embrace technology there's companies out there like to say they embrace technology there's lots of there's lots of tech companies within this space but we we are like 10 years behind the rest of the world and so um you know coming from a software background and growing up in sort of that that industry um early on in my career and and you know consulting for startups and doing lots of things within the startup world, I believe 
that there's a real opportunity to really streamline and to build systems and processes around what we do. The interesting right. thing is, Sue, is, is that, you know, our industry is built on contracts to close and that's it really. So all the software, all the technology is focused on that, but we know that our client's life cycle is like from the time we have a conversation to somebody to legacy, which is what you're so great at, right? It's like those, those clients become ingrained into our business and we are their advisors, but the, the technology doesn't fill those two sides of the, of the equation, right? The initial conversation, creating the relationships with our clients, and then really what happens after the loan closes. So with the software background that I have, I, I saw lots of opportunity within that. I thought, well, we should be able, we should be able to build our systems and process. I went out and actually tried to find those opportunities and they're really disjointed. None of the technology communicates with each other. And right. it always blows my mind. I'm like, so much of this is weighted on us to create these things and these systems and these processes and technology to, to do our job. Um, and I, I find that there's a lot of opportunity for that, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that one of the things that you're fantastic at is putting the systems and processes together, or you would not have been able to do over $150 million personally yourself last year. I yeah. mean, that's just amazing. Plus you have a branch that you run uh, do you think that the systems and processes that you have allows you to plug and play and allows you to take your business to that next level and to provide that customer experience? Totally. Yeah. So I think that the thing that we, we, what I built and what I, where I think about, like you've heard me say this before, but I'm like the CEO of the production plant and I can look down and I can see kind of the conveyor belts within the business um, as an originator, as a, as a, as a manager, as a leader in this space. And you can kind of see the gaps within that. And so the processes and systems we've built really allows our, you know, us to kind of plug and play. So it's like, I've built these things. So it's like, it doesn't make our clients feel like they're not important. I want our clients to feel important. Communication is critical in what we do. Um, and there can be generalized communication. There can be generalized touch points. And then that allows us, like you and I, to be the thought leaders that we are and have personalized conversations. But without all those systems and processes in place, we spend our whole day running around with, you know, like a chicken with our head cut off going, I got to talk to this person, I got to talk to this person. So kind of streamlining that full client life cycle and really building the systems and processes around it, it, it just makes sense. And other industries do this all the time. <laughs> We're just years behind from an antiquated position, right? Um, I'm actually, I want to ask you a question. So I'm writing yeah. it down right now. So I don't forget. So, um, are there in particular three specific keys that you believe leads to your success day in and day out? What, yeah, do, what are those three keys? Yeah. I, at first I think it's systems and process, right? So, um, James Clare has this amazing quote that I, I think about all the time, every day, every time I'm doing something new, I'm like, Hey, well, what's the system and process around? Like we don't, rise to the level of our goals or our vision, we fall to levels of our systems and processes. And so I think about that and I'm like, if we have this goal or we, that co correlates to our vision, how are we going to get there? And we need to get there by building the systems and processes that support us for that so that nothing falls through the cracks. And then we need to be able to adjust that. So systems and processes. And then the second thing is probably constant improvement. So 
I like to say we adjust the flywheel and get better and better and better at our craft. Mm -hmm. We ask for feedback. What can we do better for you next time? What can we do different for anybody that refer to us? Like, how can we improve? We are human, but we want to get better. And so we always look at these things on almost a weekly. We do it on a weekly basis and sometimes daily. Have a little process improvement book. I write things down. How do we get better? I I just want everyone to stop right there and, and hear what Stacia just said. Because I was waiting for you to say it. I was like, <laughs> what do you have next to you? It's a process improvement book. So it's just a little, it's a little book. It's actually on my Remarkable. I have a folder in there and I'm like, process improvement. I write it down and I'm like, wow, that happened. Like my clients were doing a 10 day close and they got in an airplane and went to Australia. And I'm like, mind blown. How does that happen? You know, so you write these things down as you're going through it, or if we're, we're, you know, I'm talking to somebody who we want to hire and we want to bring in, or we're onboarding somebody at process improvement, like any concept and like area within the business, we write it down. And my team does this too. And so then once, um, once a week on Fridays, we have our process improvement meeting and it's really straightforward. We talk about the, we talk about lead to legacy for our clients. We talk about the process flow within the business. What can we do better? How can we get better? Where can we adjust? Where can we flex? And where can we just slightly adjust the flywheel? And you so. just said another term that I don't think everyone will know what it, that it is, is you said lead to legacy. What is lead to legacy? Yeah. So lead to legacy is really the, it's, it's like the, again, if we look down as the CEO, right, we're standing in our production plant, we've looked down on our CEO and we can see from the business side of it, we can see our client life cycle. So to me, that's like, the initial conversation we have with somebody and then what happens in that initial conversation? Where does that information go? What questions do we ask? How do we start to understand what the client's goals are, what their desires are, what their needs are, and then being able to really go to legacy, which is like, how do we help our clients build wealth? You know, in the market that we're in right now, where recession is the word that's out there. There's, you know, I, the statistic I heard this morning is that mortgage applications are down the lowest they've been in 25 years, people are scared. But to me, this is opportunity, right? right? To me, this is opportunity for our clients to build wealth. Like when when there is opportunity like this, this is when millionaires get made. This is when billionaires get made. And I'm not suggesting people need to go be billionaires or millionaires. I'm just saying opportunity for wealth. So you think about that full client life cycle, initial conversation to legacy. How are we helping our clients build that legacy, build wealth, impact their kids' lives, impact future generations, and and really be in a position to maybe retire earlier, whatever mm-hmm. their goals are, right? So well, that's just, lead to legacy. Yeah, I love that. And I just uh, read, you know, we always say buying a house builds wealth. And I just read the other day, not only does buying a house build wealth, but it allows families to build memories. I love it. And I loved that. I just love that because we do build our memories in our houses. We have, you know, we have the holidays coming up. And I think that that just, we always say build wealth, but I think I'm going to add memories to when I say build wealth and memories, because I love that. Um, I was, I'm, as everyone knows, I'm an empty nester. And I said the, I, like a year ago, I was like, oh, I think I'm going to stay in the house. And my children looked at me like horrified that I would even think of selling it. And they were like, well, obviously I'm going to get the house. And I was like, well, there's two of you. So I don't know how that's going to work. And this is what I've built. Like you guys need to go build your own, you know, for you. So, but I love that they just felt there were so many memories in that house. And it just reminds all of us that we're allowing that for our clients and our customers to build that 
that house to have memories. And I just read it and I was like, oh, that's awesome. Of and, course. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. We always forget that too, right? Like we're so, I always say it's like the most emotional, sizable, and financially impactful purchase of people's lives. Like that emotional component. I mean, you see people buy emotionally all the time, right? It's super emotionally charged. We like walk into a property, walk into a home, and we like see our lives unveiling. Yes. Um, it's just, it's basic needs. It's as, as our buddy Richard would say, it's like Maslow's hierarchy, right? Like mm -hmm. it's basic needs there. And that's really, really true when it comes to home ownership and, and buying a house for yourself. So I agree. totally. So we have systems and processes. We have constant improvement. Yes. What's the third? You know, I think the third thing really um, is just asking questions and listening. So being able to ask questions and listening to our clients, being able to ask questions and listening to those people who work with us, um, being able to ask questions and listen to the team and to being able to grow that. Questions are really important, um, but not only just asking questions, listening to questions, right? right. Um, our other good friend, Renee Rodriguez, and his yeah. book, you know, it's um, L-O-V-E listen, observe, validate, expand. I think about that all the time. I always think, hmm, I'm hearing you. I'm observing what you're saying. I want to validate what you're saying. I want to expand on what you're saying. I want you to tell me more. And I, I think that in any conversations that we have as leaders in this space, like that is, we have to be true to that because this isn't push button, get loan. This isn't buy house. Like, you know, this is, there's so much more into this. And everybody has a story. I mean, you know this too, as you know, with your amazing career that you've had in this space, it's like, I always say you can put two houses identical side by side, two buyers identical as it appears to be side by side, their financial Polaroid picture seems to be the same and their stories are completely different and their right. goals are completely different. And we need to listen and ask questions and observe and validate and expand on that. So we can really give good advice and we can solve problems. And I think it, in our profession, it's so difficult because lots of loan officers just go right in for the kill right. and, you know, name, address, social, how much do you make? Uh, how much do you, do you money do you have in the bank? And, you know, all, where have you worked? And you just, and it's really like dating. If you really want to have a relationship with this person for the long haul, you're not going to get naked right away. No, so you have to cultivate. <laughs> you have to cultivate it and you have to date and yeah. you have to get to know each other. And it's the same for a borrower. You have to get to know them and you have to cultivate them and you have to know what their hopes and dreams and desires are so that you can get them to the end. So I love um, I love all the things that you said and, and listening is is a great third key, third key. And you are a fabulous listener for sure. Um, how on that note. Do you take off your mortgage hat and put on your mom hat? Yeah. Like how how do you, how does that work? You have two little ones. Um, how do you balance being the CEO of this you know major thing and being the CEO mom? You know this Sue. It's hard. I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna say that it's not. It's easy because it's not easy. Every day is difficult. There's challenges every day. Um, you know that in this industry, like we don't sleep, right? Like there is this constant as the CEOs of our business and as the CEOs of our team and our clients and all the things, the people we work with, it's it's hard to shut it off. Um, I would lie, I'd be lying to say to you that I do shut it off. I wake up at two in the morning, I think about things. 
but I do, there are like non-negotiables with my family. So, you know, I'm really, I'm, I'm, I'm working really intentionally at, you know, putting down the device when I'm having oh. dinner with my kids, right? Um, in the morning, like I don't turn on my email. That's not the first thing I do. Like I go and I do a lot intentionally. Like this morning I meditated. With, I always meditate in the morning. I had to practice. I have to do. I'm, I'm, I'm not good at it, but I do it. I've done it for years. I do think it calms me down and my kids were up. And so they sat with me and meditated with me this morning for like 10 minutes, which is really sweet, but they've seen me do that. So they just got out of bed. They came down, snuggled on the couch and we meditated. So there's those moments, right? Like the sporting events. I won't miss my kids' sporting team events. Like I'm not going to do it. Um, the games. I might miss a practice or two, but I'm not going to miss the games. Um, yeah. So I always said, and, and you might have heard me say this, but I totally agree on not missing the game. So I had a five-minute rule. If you were not going to be in something for more than five minutes, then I didn't have to be there. But if you were playing basketball or you were even a swim meet, like any of those things, I would definitely be there. Um, and I loved that we have such a fantastic job that when we have to go to after school activities at three o'clock or be the, yeah. you know, the room mom for our class, we can do that. Yeah. I mean, we are super lucky to have the flexibility because sometimes we don't have that flexibility. Okay. And, um, so I always tried to embrace as a mom with little kids, having that flexibility that not everyone has. Right. Yeah. I mean, I fully agree with you. I mean, there are days where I'm like, okay, I'm like, it's on my calendar. School pickups on my calendar because I want to pick them up every day. I might not drop them off in the morning, but I'll pick them up. And so I'm there for those moments. And, you know, my boys know what I do and they, but they don't describe it as my mommy's gives, you know, as a, as a mortgage, they, they describe right. it as, you know, my mom helps people who have a desire to buy a home. That's how mm -hmm. they describe it. Cause that's how I talk about it with them. And right. they understand the importance of that you know, what a home means for them. So we talk about that constantly. And I believe, Sue, that, you know, as women in this profession, like I said, we have, we have a lot of opportunity. We have a lot of challenges. Um, yeah. This industry was based on the banking industry. It's super antiquated. That's why we're 10 years behind. That's why people are like, what's your social security number? Because it was over the wood desk, face to face with somebody. And you're just there to, to, to do something. You weren't there to give a real value to people. And I think that's what we do as leaders in this space. I think that's what we can do as women because we're really good communicators. Um, I'm not saying that a lot of my male counterparts and friends in this space are not. I just think that naturally for us as, as moms, it can be easy for us to sort of listen and relate and try to solve those problems and bring real value to our clients. The other thing is, is that, you know, uh, we get to build what we want because we are the CEOs and I'm proud of that. And I love that my kids see how hard I work um, to, to do something, to create legacy, to leave impact. They know that it's not just about going to, going to work and, and doing my job. It's about making impact in this industry long-term. So, yeah, I love, I love, I love everything that you said and you are a great mom too. So I, I love watching you with your children and, and you're doing amazing videos right now. And I think I saw them on, in one of the videos, if I'm not, I'm pretty sure I saw them in one of the videos. It was super cute. Um, because I always say that the kids in the videos always get a lot of likes. I know that I, I think that, uh, one of mine has, it has a lot when my son's in it, but uh, well, he, fun. you have to like, yeah, he doesn't let you, but he's so, he's so, your kids are so cute, but he's so cute. And he's like always there. And I love how sweet he is with you. He's just like, he's, he's not <laughs> 
So he'll love that. Um, except for when he's away, I can't get to him as fast. So um, who do you admire? Who do you admire? I admire a lot of people in our industry. I mean, I admire you. I admire Cindy. I admire, there's so many people that I admire um, who have amazing careers in this space. I think, you know, from like a leadership perspective, one of my heroes is, um, is Simon Sinek. I think that Simon has done this like amazing thing about brain science and really intentionality around why people do what they do. So, so he's somebody who I, who, who's one of my heroes <laughs> from a business yeah, perspective. Know your why. Oh yeah. I mean, I just think intentionally like having a purpose behind who you are and why you do what you do is really important in all facets of life um, in relationships, personal relationships and business. Um, so I do, that book changed my life. So I have to yeah. give a and nod I do to think that. that he, he did touch on something that your why can change over time. And yes. I love that he allowed people the time to pivot. Yeah. And, and not that he allowed it, but it allowed our, our minds to go that it doesn't have to be that your one why doesn't have to be your entire why forever. Right. Because we change, it. right. And we have those moments in time, like where, you know, I mean, you've had a big moment this year, like you've had a huge moment in your life. And I remember talking to you about it several months ago and I'm like, what are you going to do for yourself? And you're like, I don't even know, because it's this moment as a mom where your kiddos are gone. And that's, you know, that, that can change your perspective on why you do what you do and who you are. And, um, sure. you know, but fundamentally speaking, like he was a great thought leader in my, in my world and in, for me in business. And, um, there's so many people that we get to interact with, you know, we're both coaches. Um, and I, and I feel so fortunate to have those conversations. I know you do too. It's like mm -hmm. talking to people all day long and sometimes we can help people see from a different perspective, um, what they don't see cause they're so close to it. But the beautiful thing is, is that all those people I talk to, they really influence and impact me and I admire them. I'm like, wow, that's so amazing. You've been doing this for 30 years. Like, tell me more about that. Yeah. Like, you know, and, and so admiration goes a long way in this industry and in this space for yeah. sure, with lots of people. What's one of the tools that you use that you don't think that you could do this business without? <laughs> for me, it's Airtable. You know, you know that uh, Airtable is my like, it's my, it's my central repository. It's my brain, um, you know, that we're not putting client data and information there. That's, that's mm -hmm. private, but it's really our business. It's, it's our, it's, it's our ability to like, sort of, like I like to say, like USB plug into um, the systems and processes that we've built. It has definitely changed the game for us. It's allowed us to be super successful. It's allowed us to onboard people easily. It's just, it's it's a really powerful tool that we've built. Um, and I couldn't, I really couldn't live without it, honestly. Yeah. We, because of your lead, we actually have implemented that also. And I, I love everything about it. And um if you, so you, this is really your second career. You were at Microsoft first, then you're in the mortgage industry. Not that you would ever get out of the mortgage industry, but is there any time anything like pulls you and you you were like, well, oh, that might be a great thing to, to try like another profession. I always say that I would be a party planner if I could. Oh my God, any, you would be amazing. I would love to be a party planner. So <laughs> I would have great parties. <laughs> yes, I can totally see that. You'd be an amazing party planner. Um, I, You know, I, I, I would have told, I, I think honestly, like the other passion that I have is just like impact. And that's, we get that through coaching. So my other like 
like job I would love to do is just impact and coaching, but we get that being yeah. coaches. Um, I, I, <laughs> I wanted to be in broadcast media. Um, oh my gosh. So did I. I can totally see it. This is why we we're such good friends. <laughs> that is, I, that is, and I did not get accepted to the school, to the graduate school that I wanted to go to. And I, and my parents said it would be, and my parents said that broadcast journalism was very cutthroat. Yes. And that maybe I should get in the mortgage business. Oh my gosh. That is so crazy. I mean, like, so talk about cutthroat. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like the mortgage industry is not cutthroat. You're like, um, sorry. Why was that? Yeah, yeah, I love that. You would yeah, be broadcast journalism. It would be, it would have been fun. Um, but I do think, like, I, I started going down this path, and I was like, wow, there's, I have a minor in journalism. Um, but then for whatever reason, like this software thing came into my space, and I was like, well, this seems like so obvious that I should do this. Um, but yeah, broadcast journalism was one of the was one of the other things. But um, I, I don't know. I, I really love this industry, I love helping our clients and I, I truly love bringing value to people. And I get that both as a leader in this space, building a team, my, my own origination, and then also as a coach. And, and that is one of the biggest blessings that this, that this industry brings is the level of impact we get to make. I, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, what does the future hold for Stacia? Well, my vision is really clear. I mean, I'm, I want to build the largest virtual mm -hmm. region this industry's ever seen. Um, I believe that there's a lot of opportunity for that. Um, I, I'm not a, I don't want to be in a brick and mortar situation. That's just not me. Mm -hmm. Now that's not for everybody. Um, but that's the vision. That's where I want to continue to go. want to lead in yeah. and, and build a team around that and, um, help originators kind of fall into that space. If that helps their life, help operations people, if that helps their life. Like one of my, um, amazing teammates, you know, works from home and, and she's got two little kids, but it allows her to have that, like not commute for 40 minutes, right. Both ways. She's just, she's in her home. She's working hard. She works really, really hard, but she gets to step away and snuggle her baby if she needs to for five minutes. And I think that's part of the, one of the, one of the values that we'll bring within building this virtual region. Yeah. I love the virtual region that you are building and all of the people that work with you are blessed to work with you as I am blessed that you were able to give us this time in out of your busy schedule. But besides that, Stacia, I am so blessed to have you part of my tribe and I love, I love that you're part of it and, and you're truly a great friend. So thank you for sharing on us and loving on us today. I can't wait for everyone, everyone, if you don't have, if you haven't shared any of the Grab Your Keys podcast, this is one for you to share. There are so many nuggets in it and uh, you are truly one of a kind. Uh, Sue, you've become such a good friend to me and a special person in my heart. And I'm just grateful to be connected with such a rock star woman like you. Takes one to know one. <laughs> so um, thank you so much for your time. Three keys that people cannot live without. If you haven't listened to Grab Your Keys yet, this is a great one that you listen to and share and like. And looking forward to seeing you next time on Grab Your Keys. So go grab those keys. <laughs>